Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I'm your host, Ken M. Joining me in the studio, as always, he's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Folks, we have a lot to discuss in the land of movies, TV, and comics, but this might be a shorter episode than you're used to hearing from us here on the ODPH, because we do have one major story to break down to you, and then we got a little one-shots for an extended segment going on, but we definitely have some stuff to talk about with you, so definitely join in the conversation on social media. You can find all our links on OchoDuroParleyHour.com, and remember to use the hashtag ODPH when you join in, because we definitely want to have the interaction. We hope everybody in the ODPH Society is staying healthy, staying safe, and staying inside right now as we try flattening the curve from the C-19 situation going on right now. So let us kick this episode off talking about The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. Now, there was some news that broke that we touched upon a little bit last week that The Walking Dead is going to be shutting down, obviously, production for the C-19, flattening the curve. So the season finale is on hold. So yep. there is only two more episodes coming out well, one as more. scheduled. One more, but t- this was the second one oh, that we're okay. going to be breaking down. Uh, going into their season finale. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait, but they did give us a lot to discuss about concerning that episode. Yeah. One of the better ones in recent memory, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. We are going to be talking spoilers. So, if you haven't seen this week's Walking Dead and you want to wait, pause this episode right here and then jump right back into the conversation because we're going to go deep diving in three, two, one. Pad. What did you think? I think it's like you said. I think this is one of the better episodes. You know, there wasn't much going on action-wise or violence-wise, but it was still a very interesting episode to see, you know, with everything going on with Carol and the fallout from last week. And, yeah, she might not be as okay with everything as she, you might think she is, you know, to beta handling it very poorly. Mm. And, and everything with, you know, Negan, for once, trying to save his own skin. Yeah, this one had a lot of... Th- subtitles going on subplots if you will and i will say this ryan hurst has etched his name in walking dead history mm-hmm. with his portrayal of beta yeah he scares me more than alpha my god man he is the best villain they've had oh yeah and i did not think they'd be able to talk top negan even no. though negan has transitioned into the magneto type role i'd say this the uh, stone cold steve austin type role to use a wrestling uh comparison however you want to do it i mean he's not uh, you can't really say he's redeeming no he's still in it for his own means right but i mean jeffrey dean morgan has done such amazing work as negan and for negan's history with the walking dead characters as he came in swinging for the fences literally literally to see a rival antagonist mm-hmm. take off as her beta character has yeah. is truly remarkable. And this episode really showed a lot without him saying a lot. Yeah, and I got to say, kudos to Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's a phenomenal actor that I just love the way he portrays Negan on the show because he goes from being the kind of timid, kind of reserved Negan to just flipping that switch and being back to that flamboyant you know, boasting, you know, pain in the ass that we all know him from his introductions. You know, he goes from, you know, when uh, Daryl's leading him when it's with his hands tied to, tr- to find Alpha's head. 
Mm-hmm. And he goes, man, you know, I've been here before. I hate doing this, yada, yada. Why do you, you know, he keeps bringing up, well, why do you guys always say I took too, too long to do this to, well, son of a bitch, if this ain't awesome. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the that's the Negan we love. Yeah, because the Negan we love is the one that's the antagonist. Yep. Like him playing tweener right now, I get, and it yeah. makes sense for the story, so I'm yeah. not mad about it at all. But to see him just get back into old school Negan form, which we'll touch upon just a little bit, was truly one of the highlights of this episode. Yeah, oh yeah. Because when we were last left off with the saga of Carol, Alpha, Negan, Daryl, because last week's episode was the send-off from Michonne. Yep. We have the flashback to when Carol opens up the jail cell and makes the deal with the devil herself, mm-hmm. which was very interesting to see, but desperate times call for desperate measures. And that scene was written so beautifully and amazingly because you got Negan basically, I forget how exactly he said it, but he said something to the effect of, you know, if you really want to take Carol in there, why aren't you doing something about it? Yeah. And she just looks at him in deadpans and goes, why do you think I'm here? Exactly. For this entire season, Carol, played by Melissa McBride, has gone through, I don't want to say a psychological metamorphosis. Again. Again, but you're seeing that there's cracks in the foundation. Uh-huh. That what Carol are we going to get? And Right. And it's and it's almost like you, you've almost seen every portrayal of Carol. I realize same actress and all this, but just... You go back through the the past seasons of Carol where you had the very timid and scared Carol in season one mm. all the way to the I'm going to F your shit up, you know, from Terminus Carol. It feels like within the last, you know, including this season and half a last season, we've seen every portrayal of her in a very short amount of time. Right. So the incarnation that we're seeing right now is we're seeing one that appears broken very and very vulnerable and very vulnerable and willing to do whatever it takes to win and i know i've, I've said this in comparison to how andrea was written in the comics right and you kind of have that same vibe yeah that they're bringing it back to yeah. the fold for this because for her to make the deal as saying just i've tried everything to defeat alpha i can't do it alone right i'm going to do the secret mission with negan of all people yeah and you're hoping that he buys into it yeah which is a very risky gamble oh absolutely like i say it's making a deal with the devil but it winds up paying off for negan to reclaim his ego reclaim his stature however you want to really break it down to have him seal the deal with the win Mm mm-hmm is. Well, presumably things are better for him. We don't actually get any confirmation on that based off the end of the episode. No, we don't. But the only thing that we can assume is he he gets his swagger back. I'll say Daryl doesn't cut him out from his from don't doesn't cut his legs out from under him. So maybe he's back in good graces. But right for where maybe, the episode jumps, though, maybe I mean, maybe they let him out a couple of uh, for a few minutes when he's back in his jail cell. It's going to be hard to say. I mean, that's going to be something to take the season home when. Is going to be how Negan is, right. re- is reacted to now, right? Because let's not forget, he killed a lot of uh-huh. the group. Yeah, he's how, responsible for a lot of the heartache and a lot more of the headaches. How do you turn a blind eye to this? Yeah, now, you can't. But the, this is going to be the the drama factor moving forward. With this, is that Negan did what nobody else could do? He took out Alpha. Yeah, and how they leave it where Carol should be celebrating the win. But she's not. She's not okay with it. She's not okay with it. Now, this is where I say her character just is broken. Yeah. That 
Carol of old would have flipped the switch on, killed her, and walked. Oh, and yeah. never thought about it. Very much like Terminus. Blew something up and walked away. Exactly. But she doesn't do this. She's haunted by Alpha. Yep. Who Samantha Morton has her final send-off on the show with this, yep. being the ghost over her shoulder. I'll now, say her conscience speaking to her. Right. And we've seen this happen before on the show. Yep. Early on, Daryl was visited by his brother Merle. Yep. Rick was visited by the governor at one point after yep. their big, the first real time Rick is challenged. That you see the ghosts of their past haunt them. Mm-hmm. And now Carol is trying to deal with taking out Alpha and what does that mean and yeah. how she is handling it. And she's just trying to process everything because, you know, it's it's a line that she's crossed. It's It's not just. It's not like it was at Terminus where, oh, my friends are captured. I got to go get them out. Like, pretty clear cut and dry. Like, bad guy, good guys. Got to get them out. This is, okay, this is a very morally ambiguous, like, you know, you kind of question your morals a little bit getting into this. And clearly, there's a part of her that is not okay with this because that's what we, you know, we see Alpha show up and start talking about stuff that Alpha doesn't know. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that's a manifestation from her her conscience. And to see that she's really struggling to deal with this again. I mean, first time we've seen this is when they attacked the saviors and they did, yeah. the, they did the mass killing, breaking in their sanctuary yeah. in the middle of the night. And how that was just rectified too is that is what really started the war with Negan. Yeah. I mean, obviously with what happened with Glenn and Abraham, sure. This is the opening shot, but really that's what got the ball rolling was the attack first and how Rick and company decided to do this. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing it happen again tenfold where Carol is just sitting there and just can't deal with what she's done. No, And it's very odd to see that Carol, who's supposed to be one of the strongest characters on the show, is breaking down this badly. Right, and, and, it, and it's very interesting to see just because I know we've had discussions on this show and before the show of like, oh, what do you think is going to happen? Nine times out of ten, if it was some sort of sticky situation or some, up, you know, the group's back was up against the wall and Carol was off someplace that wasn't with the group, we're like, oh, Carol's going to come in and, and just wipe house. Now we're seeing that yeah, maybe she's not as tough as we think she is. No, and obviously in comparison to the comics, it's a night and day difference. Oh, yeah. You, you can't even really use that comparison yeah. at all. You, the only thing that you can describe, and like I say, how she's been written as Andrea for the most part. Yeah. There are elements and flashes of that in her character. Oh, yeah. And for her, this entire episode is just with remorse and guilt is a really interesting sign to see of how she is just not coming to terms with who she is now. Mm-hmm. And what is this going to mean for the group moving forward is anybody's guess. I don't know how this is going to play out because this was just her haunting scenario throughout the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, to jump around a little bit where she is just trying to figure out what happens to deal with the process and then she winds up getting herself trapped in a house. Yeah. And there's also that weird, I, I want to say it's like that one Spider-Man episode where she has to find, or is when Spidey has to find the strength to get the building off of him mm, and, you know, find yeah. that inner courage. It, this was like a twisted version of that where she's getting tormented by alpha for all her past sins mm-hmm. and that she knows that the end is near, but then she finds a way to get out, which it looked to me like she dislocated her left shoulder to escape. Yeah. Cause that was one thing that like on first viewing, I kind of had issue with where I was like, all right, she's been sitting under the ruins of this house for God knows how many hours. And all of a sudden she's just kind of magically able to get out of, out of it. But I know when, uh, you were catching up on it, and I was sitting there watching. You brought up, oh, it looks like she dislocated her shoulder. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, she doesn't use her left shoulder to, to escape. She does everything with the right, but you see her arm is pinned against her body. 
the right. entire time she's standing. So that's the way I took it, which would only make sense because if you're buried underneath a bit a house, so to speak, yeah. or at least part of it, you have to do something to get to escape. She didn't roid up or use any superpowers to get up. <laughs> but then again, how this season has been written to, and I, I, I still say there's just you file it under reason carol is she hulk confirmed who knows at this stage i mean that's possible yeah, i'd be okay well, with her why not? but i digress she finds a way to escape and now she's making her way back to camp yep meanwhile to flip the coin where negan is trying to get back as well and he gets confronted by daryl well yeah because negan of course having seen the beginning of the episode where you know negan's gonna do making this deal with carol and it goes all right well what's in it for me and she goes oh listen i'll help you know Everyone remembers you for what you did. It's mm. the most recent thing you did. That you killed a lot of people. But if you do this, everyone's going to remember you for killing Alpha, and everyone's going to like you again. And he goes, "All right, you'll be there to talk me, talk you know, talk for me, and, and kind of vouch for me." Yep, I'll be there soon as the deed is done. Yeah, no, I'm not going back yet. And well, he right. goes, "Uh, what?" Exactly, because once she puts the head on the spike, as the foreshadowing is of Alpha. That Carol's trying to come to terms and says, no, I'll get there when I get there. Well, Negan is left on his own. <laughs> Negan's like, well, what am I supposed to do until then? Exactly. So he has to go hide out. And when Daryl is on the trail, Daryl confronts him. and we'll it's, very hard to, it's very hard to hide, very hard to hide from Daryl. Well, Daryl has always been the tracker of the group. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, he is very well experienced about finding oh, yeah. anybody. And once he finds Negan, Negan is trying to explain the situation. Even he has Alpha's mask. Yeah, and Daryl, being Daryl, doesn't believe a word he says of it. Right, which, I mean, how can you? No, I you mean, can't. Negan is the ultimate con man in this universe. I feel like, though, even if it wasn't Negan, if it was just, say, maybe like a Rick or somebody else, he'd be like, wait, what? That doesn't make any... Like, he wouldn't be as antagonistic towards, you know, the person as he was with Negan. I get it because it's Negan, he was very antagonistic. But I feel like if it was anybody else, he'd still be kind of like, wait, what? I don't believe this. Right. So they decide to start making their way back to camp where Daryl is trying to get him. And during this journey, they are confronted by a group of whispers. Mm-hmm. And this is where things get very interesting for Negan. Yeah, yeah. Because they immediately have him pinned down. I mean, they got him at gunpoint. Yep. And they say, you killed Alpha. Because they know somehow. Well, I am assuming that word traveled from the crew that was with Beta. Because uh-huh. the one guy was killed. Right. But the other one escaped. Right. Oh, you know, uh, yeah, that could. So, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Didn't make that connection. Got right, it. Right. Which was like got a it, little it, side it. plot that they had going on. Where, got it. Where, yeah, where that would make sense. Because because Beta was like, oh, she's dead. And the other one of the other two guys goes, oh, she was with Negan. Do you think it was? Okay. Got it. Yeah. So during that side story, you're seeing that everybody's jumping around this entire episode. So they didn't follow through of just keeping everybody on one camera angle and just panning their pan. Well, their it was source. also hard to it was also hard to tell because the scene where they they uh, beta and uh, the other two guys determined or kind of surmised that Negan killed Alpha was in daylight and when uh when uh, Negan and Daryl got confronted it was dark. Right. So that just tries to give you the time lapse of what's going on. And that's the only way I, I kind of reason that. No, that, that makes sense. That, that's how they did. So word has already traveled that Negan has killed Alpha, so Negan is the new Alpha. And they have this throwback, like Pat alluded to earlier, where Negan is now Negan leader of the saviors, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? Well, he has Daryl trapped and is ready to give him he has him kneel, He has him kneel down. He has him kneel down, and he's like, oh, I've missed this. He goes, oh, I missed this. He goes, oh, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. If I'm the Alpha, why does that person who is clearly not the Alpha have a badass shotgun? 
get, he goes, give me that shotgun. And the guy gives him the shotgun. And he goes, you know, I and I love this line from Jeffrey Dean Morgan, just the way he did this line. He goes, you know, I never had a kid. You know, I never had a kid, but I would imagine this is what it feels like to hold your kid for the first time, except my kid sprays bullets that kill people. Yep. And immediately he goes and kills the one whisperer, and then the other one tries fighting back, and then Negan gets the upper hand and kills him as yep. well. And so Daryl is just in there, untie me, asshole. Yeah. And he's like, I will eventually. He's like, I will eventually. So they have their little send-off, too, as, as they're going on. But the highlight of this episode for me, and I, I can't touch upon it enough, is Ryan Hurst as Beta. I mean, mm-hmm. this was his, you want to think, origin story? Kind of. To a degree, because we did find out a little more of his background. Say without anything being said. Yeah, which, like I said, he had very little lines in this show. And, and I will admit... I missed it the first time I watched the episode, and you mentioned it to me as I was coming in, and you were watching the episode, and I go, oh, really? I hadn't noticed that, and then literal next scene. I was like, oh, there it is. Right, which the one thing I noticed is that he was pictured on a country album that was featured in Fear the Walking Dead. Right. And it, it took me a second to think about it. I was like, well, this kind of looks like him. Sure. The more I'm thinking of it, sure. because I'm trying to figure out what his past was. And then sure enough that he turns out after he goes and finds Alpha's head, he winds up taking it off the spike, albeit after he forces somebody that says, you're the new Alpha, to uh, have an untimely face biting. Yeah, which kudos to the folks who made that animatronic Alpha head. That thing was creepy as all hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing about The Walking Dead has always stayed true is their special effects have been top-notch mm-hmm. in their makeup. Oh, and their, yeah. you know, what they do for the show in, as far as animatronics and and costumes and, and and for the you know to really give that raw feel to the zombies has been truly stellar throughout the season. I mean, I think the years. I mean, that's the one consistent you oh, have. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like I say, for the one Easter egg, and I'm pretty sure it was on Fear. If, if not, it was also a, a, maybe a season or two ago from Walking Dead. Where I can't remember who finds the albums, mm. and I remember the the look of the one character. So then, when Beta goes to his home, you would assume, right? Or it's at least I think it was at least just like a, a music store where like you could buy instruments and records and stuff. Yeah, where he goes in, he finds that album, and immediately clicked. I was like, oh wow. Well, I think he finds before he finds the album, he finds a poster like you would see in your local area for like a, a artist performing there you're like one night only and yep. then it was the it, you i don't think I, there was a name or if it was it was obscured by something but it was very clearly his face yeah and you see that face and you and see he, it, he rips it off the wall yeah and he matches up with the album too and that's why i'm going like oh wow like i've seen this before but i can't think of where and i want to say it was fear could be so i'll just say it was fear for this correct me if i'm wrong hashtag odph so he starts seeing this and he starts having his final goodbye with alpha where they're saying two i see one truth mm-hmm and he's really sitting there thinking what to do. So he starts blaring his own music yep. at some ignorant levels. That was some very ignorant levels. Yes, to draw in every single zombie. Got to admit, I'm kind of envious of those speakers. Exactly. He finds ways to do this. I mean, for Beta to be the quote-unquote number two, mm-hmm. he is so cold and calculating that you'd almost wonder, like, has he been the alpha the entire time? He's also a very much a loose cannon because you think back to the guy who, who was with him 
when they found Alpha's head. And, you know, he's like, oh, you're the Alpha now. And he, you know, went, oh, she's trying to say something to you. Why don't you go up and listen to her? Mm. Alpha would have been like reprimanded him, put him back in his place, and then later at some point killed him when he wasn't expecting it. Beta just went, yeah, go up to that head with, with like no reason. Just, oh, hey, she's trying to say something. You go up to that head. Why don't you get in closer? Listen, listen. And then bit him. Exactly. It just shows how how cold and where his mind is. And it's truly just so manic uh-huh. that it, it's like any true great villain. Like I always say, if you want to compare him comic-wise, I always say he reminds me of Sabretooth mm, to, yeah. to the letter. Yeah. That he has that ability to be smart and cunning. But then if he just wants to get feral and violent, he, he can flip that switch on without question. Oh, well, and that's the thing with Beta is we talked about with Negan. He's got that switch where he goes back from kind of this timid, this kind of normal-looking guy, as much as he can be normal, to flipping the switch to being, you know, Negan of old. Beta don't have a switch. No. Beta's switch is broken and thrown in a river that leads to the ocean. Exactly. Like, he's got no switch. He's just nuts. He's absolutely crazy, but he used the perfectly foil to Alpha just to be under his her control. Now that he is supposed to be the leader, he is just mm-hmm. on one mission, and that's to kill everybody. Yeah. Because he starts forming this massive zombie herd. The one, one of which that we haven't seen in, I don't want to say forever. Uh-huh. And I don't want to say this is the biggest one ever because you, no. you have to look at how many they had in the cave and, yeah. and how many did yeah. uh, uh, Negan have at one point, too, where they unleashed on Alexandria yeah. Yeah. and and just the different ones that they've all roped together for this massive zombie herds. Mm. He has one that he, that he is leading to their camp, and he is just on that mission that he knows this is the end, that the war yeah. the war should be over, that Alpha has died, but it's not. Well, and, and also Alpha being dead is probably the scariest thing for, you know, I want to say Rick's group, and it's not Rick's group anymore, mm. but for our heroes that they can possibly feel because Alpha was kind of the, the leash on the, in the collar on Beta. She was the the force that kept him at bay. Mm. You know, it's kind of akin to, you know, when Tarkin died in Star Wars and, you know, Tarkin was the guy who held Vader's leash. Right. You know, I think Princess Leia even says as much in the movie. When Tarkin dies, Vader just goes nuts and just starts going all on a galaxy-wide hunting quest doing whatever the heck he feels like. Mm. Beta's, or Alpha's gone now. There's nothing to stop Beta because... He's the guy in charge. Who's going to stop him? Well, that's the thing now is what happens to that group if they don't have a leader? Right. Because I don't know if Beta wants that role. I think Beta just wants to go through the world and take out everybody so he's the last one standing. I think you might be looking at a kind of split in the group where, you know, you clearly had that, what was it, four or five people when they confronted Daryl and Negan? Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, you're the alpha now. I think you might have that split where, you know, the Whisperer's tradition is whoever kills the alpha is the new alpha. Right. So you're gonna have the you're gonna have the half or whatever percentage it is that says Negan's the new alpha. And they might want to unite with him and unite with that group. And then you're gonna have the other remaining percentage go, Yeah, but Beta's in the way and doesn't agree with that, and we're not gonna want to piss him off. Exactly. Beta has earned that reputation. So where they're setting up for the season finale is going to be really fun to watch because Beta now decides to put Alpha out of her misery and have that weird final goodbye mm. and winds up taking half of her face off and re-sewing it on his mask. Yep. So thus you have the two eyes seeing one truth. Absolutely creepy, absolutely terrifying, but so brilliant in how it was done. And like I said, for most of this episode, Hurst did not say anything. No. This was all method acting of him just dealing with ending his past and, car- and carving his own future. And albeit it's the new road that he's going to walk, that he knew exactly what he's going to do, 
he's going to get revenge for Alpha and take out everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Because the remaining surviving group is still trying to deal with everything that's happened. And Eugene, during this meeting that they're all having and trying to regroup, decides to announce, oh, yes, I've been talking to somebody else mm-hmm. that there's a new faction that maybe is out there, which yeah. ra- which raises so many flags. Uh-huh. And rightfully so, oh, yeah. because you don't know who is out there in the zombie apocalypse. And you don't know who's listening. Exactly. We've seen this happen before, whether it's you try trusting the people at Terminus, whether you yeah. try trusting Negan's people. That steak dinner at Terminus, though. Exactly. One of the best deals in town. <laughs> but you wind up finding that. I had a T-shirt that said that. Oh. They so they The walking AMC, actually, I forget what it is. I have to look it up. Uh, I got it as a birthday gift for my aunt and uncle, but they actually sold a Terminus barbecue T-shirt. Right, it was so good. That, I, have to, oh, I have to look. I, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, such a good shirt. They have got a lot of good merch for Walking Dead, and I don't know what they're going to come up with next because now Eugene, Yumiko, and Ezekiel, who is dying of his cancer, are traveling to meet this mysterious Stephanie, as it turns out to be. As, and as people are speculating, uh, they went to Pittsburgh. Yes. Because if memory serves me, this is where the Brave New World story takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, some moving parts from the comics. Well, yeah. But as they get to Pittsburgh, that they start finding that, well, the zombies look like they're being citizens. They're they're weird. It's weird, but it's funny. It, it's hysterically. It's funny. It's it, it's from having kind of feared and kind of been grossed out a little bit for the past, you know. Nine and a half, ten years, whatever, however you want to count it, with the zombies, it was it was a different, it was a ch- nice change of pace to see them in something a little comical. It was hysterically disturbing. Yeah, that's, that, that's accurate. That, I mean, that, even down to the one that was in the uh, motorized cart, you would see an older person in. Yeah. Oh, well, you see that the zombies are actually dressed in clothes, mm-hmm. and you know what it reminded me of, and I'm just thinking of it, uh, Mad Hatter from Batman the Animated Series. Oh, yeah. No, that's a perfect way to describe it, because you see everybody is, is dressed up, albeit tied to chairs or tied yeah. up so they're not roaming. Yeah. And one of the funniest scenes you'll see is, well, there's somebody that is in a car. That it's like is, an SUV. That's in an SUV that is pulled over by a cop who's writing a ticket. Yeah. There's a walker that's got that's in full cop costume holding the little book they'd write a ticket in. Well, meanwhile, the walker in the in the car has got its hands handcuffed through the steering wheel. And Ezekiel can't stop laughing. <laughs> he's just dying laughing and I'm there right there with him. I mean, he's struggling to get through this episode because it looks like the cancer is finally getting to him. Yeah. But he just has this, this hysterical moment where he's just laughing at this and he's just like, ah, no words. Like, you can't say anything. No. So as they start progressing forward, they do meet a stranger dressed in a pink fur coat mm-hmm. <laughs> holding a machine gun. Yep. And who is it? That is Stephanie. Uh, yeah, that is uh, Prince. They, well, because they didn't say the name and they didn't formally introduce her in the episode. Uh, but it is Princess, who was introduced pretty late in the comics, uh, issue one seventy one. Uh, and this comic issue uh, ended the, ended its run at one ninety three. Yes. So Paulo La Rosa is playing her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Which, like I say, I. I Princess is the character's name. Like, yeah, her I, full I, her full name is Juanita Sanchez. Of course, she's from Pittsburgh, uh, and in the comics, she's referred to as the Princess of Pittsburgh. Yes. 
So that's where I'm thinking Stephanie is another character from the Commonwealth story. So I might have Could my characters mix, mixed up. But either way, you see Princess holding the, the, the machine gun. Hey, guys! And is just, like, absolutely out there in her own world. It is the it is a very unsettling personality in a world where everyone's kind of gloomy and withdrawn. Yes. So it's hard to say who's who they're going to be connected to because, like I say, Stephanie is the one who is, is talking with Eugene. Princess is a brand-new character. Is this part of the whole brand-new world saga? I believe so. Could be. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out and goes from there. But it's a perfect way to end the episode because there is so much going on. And it was just a fun episode. Not the greatest episode no, ever. Because I, I, I would say this. I, I think the Carol story of the regret and remorse – Drug on too much. Yeah, a little bit. It, it kind of really weighed down. Like, I understand that she's trying to go through her guilt, but it seems like all the A-list characters go through a saga like this mm-hmm. to a degree. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to see the reflection unless you think something's going to happen or they're going to have a, a huge change. Because like I say, when this happened with Daryl in season two, I believe. Right. His character changed and then skyrocketed to being Daryl Dixon. Yeah. Rick... His character really changed because after the governor's saga and seeing that ghost haunt him, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. So who's to say what's going to happen with Carol? I mean, obviously, she has long outlasted her comic book persona. Oh, yeah. Because the comic uh, Carol did not make it out of the prison. No. So to see where she's at now is anybody's guess. And like I said, she's written very much like Andrea, but different. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how they tie it up because especially with everything coming the trailer for next week's episode, because that is going to be the last new Walking Dead. For the time being. For time being, with everything going on with C-19, really didn't give a lot. No. Except you just know that Beta and his army is coming. Pad, final thoughts on the episode. Great episode. Really loved everything. And I got to give a special shout out to Samantha Morton and her portrayal of Alpha in this episode. Great portrayal and a great send off. I especially love the scene where it was another one of Carol's having her issues and, and you know, trying to sort everything out in her head. And Alpha's just standing there going, repeating, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? And, you know, in the in between, Carol kills a walker and says, I want to be left alone. And without missing a beat, Alpha just goes, yeah, that's not it. Yeah. Uh, but great episode. Oh, perfect way to send her off. I mean, that's going to be the last time we see Alpha pr- presumably on the show. Mm-hmm. So that was a cool send-off moment. And like I said, I just thought I drug too much for that storyline. Yeah. Just didn't really need to go that far with it. But the Negan, Daryl, good cop, bad cop. I don't know how you want to define that, that, right. that frenemy-ship yeah. that it was going on. That was like a little cool throwback. And I think I need Beats by Beta headphones. Oh, yeah. Because if he's got that sound system to go and get every single walker in mile rate in miles radius, I got to get something like that. But mm-hmm. Ryan, Ryan Hurst stole this episode for doing very little. And then the big reveal. And like I say, it was just cool to Easter egg. And I want to say it was Fear Walking Dead. So somebody's got to hit me up on hashtag ODPH and let me know. I haven't watched a lot of Fear of the Walking Dead, but I do remember that episode for some reason. Either way, Walking Dead is going into next week's episode with some strong storylines to take them down the final stretch. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. 
We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Need a podcast that prepares you for the end of the world? Apocalypse Now is the one for you. Hi, I'm Joanna Van Thine, actor, comedian, and filmmaker. Apocalypse Now is a podcast that asks if we are living at the beginning of the end. Join me every week as I talk with interesting people and decide if we're all doomed. <laughs> Listen wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Brought to you by WannaRub. Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends with the monster. Coming back for another segment here on the ODPH Podcast. And like we alluded to at the beginning of the show, C-19 has really shut everything down for the most part. And we cannot stress enough, we hope everybody is being safe, healthy, and staying inside right now to flatten the curve. So that being said, we're just going to end the show with a little one-shot back and forth. So it'll be really an extended one-shots here. So, Pad, why don't you lead us off with that? Uh, well, first thing I'm going to talk about is a little update to San Diego Comic-Con. Of course, the biggest Comic-Con on the planet, the one everyone's wondering about, like you alluded to, with everything getting shut down, things canceled. Uh, everyone's wondering, is San Diego going to happen? Or am I going to be able to get into Hall H? Me, personally, no, I ain't got a shot in hell. Never say never, my friend. We did do press at New York Comic-Con. True. San Diego is next. That's true. Uh, there was an, uh, a update posted to the official San Diego Comic-Con Twitter account today as we record. Uh, and it was kind of answering the question, would they go ahead with its planned uh, t- July 23rd to 26th dates amid this ongoing outbreak? Uh, they said, quote, to our amazing Comic-Con and WonderCon fans, we understand how difficult the current climate has been for all of us and appreciate your continued support through these trying times. No one is as hopeful as we are that we will be able to celebrate uh, Comic-Con International San Diego 2020 together come July. As we continue to monitor the situation with local authorities, we will post updates on our social channels. Uh, it then concludes, Until then, remember, a hero is, is, is an ordinary individual who finds strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Christopher Reeve. Uh, so as so, there you go. Uh, not canceled yet, but they're continuing to monitor the situation, although the clock is ticking. Well, it's fully understandable, and I think that it, it's good that they've addressed that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we really don't know what the future is going to hold. Right. So if they're not officially announcing it yet... I understand that. Yeah. Not mad about it. No. And as long as they're monitoring the situation, because that's all they really can do right now yeah. for an event that's going to happen in July. I mean, that is some, some months away. Oh, yeah. 
that's the right move to do. Yep. And obviously, I know New York Comic Con has been staying on their schedule for everything yep. as well too. Yep. Because I mean, obviously, that's going to be in October, but we don't know how that's yeah. going to be too. Yeah. So the fact that these two events are staying put on their course, I'm okay with. Yeah. And obviously, just we got to keep an eye on the situation because we just we now in the first official month of this pandemic down. Yep. For the United States, anyway. So to see where we're going for month two and where that's going to go is anybody's guess. It's so a very fluid situation. It's a very yeah, it's a very weird situation, but it's something that we're living through and we're going to just deal with the best we can. Yep. Uh, moving on, I uh, got some updates for some CW shows because, as we mentioned in some previous episodes, uh, a lot of them are on hiatus in terms of production and filming because of the coronavirus going on right now. Uh, so, But we do have some updates courtesy of the CW when the uh, shows are going to be coming back. Uh, in regards to Batwoman and Superman, or excuse me, Supergirl, uh, those episodes will return at 8 and 9 p.m. respectively on April 26th. Uh, that's a Sunday. Uh, as for Flash and Legends of Tomorrow, those episodes will both return at 8 and 9 p.m. respectively on Tuesday, April 21st. Uh, in case you're curious about some of the other shows on CW, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? and Roswell, New Mexico will return on, at 8 and 9 p.m. respectively on Monday, March 30th. Riverdale and Nancy Drew, uh, excuse me, I got to read these separate, these are separate dates. Riverdale will return on Wednesday, April 15th at 8 p.m. Nancy Drew will return April 8th at 9 p.m. That's also a Wednesday. Uh, Katie Keene and then In the Dark will return on Thursday, April 16th at uh, 8 p.m. for Katie Keene and then 9 p.m. for In the Dark. And then for Charmed and Dynasty on Fridays, those are currently airing original episodes. So that's the current slate of programming right now. No, yep. no official word on Supernatural. No, that we have found as of yet, because I'm really waiting to see how that series finale is going to be. Yeah, because with, I mean, God, for how many years they've been on the air since I, it was originally called the uh, the, well, the the WB, WB Network. I mean, they got I almost some, said the DC Network. And I'm like, wait, that's something else. They've got some mileage on that. On, I on I got to admit, I remember when they were advertising it was going to start during Smallville episodes. I'm like, what the heck is this? It, it, nah, not for me. No, uh, I've been watching. I've seen just about every episode. I'm a little behind on the current season we're in. Mm-hmm. So to see where the story of the Winchester brothers are going, I want to see how it's going to end. And yeah. I know they will do it proper when they decide to release it. But there's oh, yeah. been no word on that as well. But we do know about our CW shows. And also, we did have some more CW slash DC Universe news. Oh, There was some promotional posters released for Stargirl. Now, this is the one that's going to be on the DC Universe in May, in May and also going to be airing on the CW as well. Mm-hmm. So we did see you know, the real cool promo shot of Stargirl and the JSA that we're going to see on the show, mm-hmm. the Justice Society of America. And we also saw some of their antagonists appearing on the show as well in the Injustice Society. Um, really, it looks interesting right now. Nothing really super to write home about. But getting excited to see how this is going to go. I mean, Jeff Johns has been really vocal on social media about this mm-hmm. and really bringing some excitement to this. And it's also possible we might see some classic characters of Green Lantern and The Flash appear on this. Okay. I mean, if you know the history of the JSA, the first superhero team of the DCU, obviously the legacy goes on and on about the, these characters. And, I mean, basically it's been the offshoot of the Justice League and just, I mean, I could really deep dive into it, but I really want to hold off on it. But the JSA is a very classic team. They're due for a big year, especially they're going to be featured in the Black Adam movie mm-hmm. coming out too. So 
JSA is just classic. Yeah. Perfect way to describe them. And obviously you see Stargirl in the show debut finally after it's been long rumored about what's going on with it. Casting right. casting has looked on point too. To see Luke Wilson being striping this is absolutely wild to me. Yeah. So I'm excited to see where this is going to go. And obviously we just got to wait a little longer for it. So May is, is officially booked up to go running. So yeah. can't wait to see that. Yeah, moving on, a little bit of comics news. Albeit comics are a little short this week because the distributor for Marvel and DC Comics is not sending anything out due to the coronavirus. However, there is something you can buy digitally online for 99 cents. I would argue it's the best deal you can get this week. That is Batman The Adventure Continues, issue number one. Now, you might be sitting here saying to yourself, what the heck is Batman The Adventure Continues, number issue number one? I've never heard of this. It is from the visionary producers of Batman the Animated Series, that being Paul Dini and Alan Burnett. Uh, it is a continuation of Batman the Animated Series. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, cover looks amazing. It is Batman in that kind of style and look you are familiar with uh, from the Animated Series, including you know some of the villains you might know from that series looking as they did from that series front and center on that building. It looks dope. It's the Phantasm. It looks absolutely dope. It's the Phantasm. I'm just saying. Uh, but the description on DCComics.com reads, From the visionary producers of Batman the Animated Series comes all new stories in this seminal animated world. In this opening chapter, Star Labs in Gotham City is attacked by a giant robot that steals an entire room from the laboratory. Who's controlling the robot? How will Batman stop the mechanized menace? And what does it all have to do with Lex Luthor's sudden appearance in Gotham? Uh, the art on this is being done by Ty Templeton, and it is available, like I said, for 99 cents. Best deal you will find all week. Can't beat it right now. Absolutely not. And abs- it's so wild to think that Marvel and DC aren't going to be having books. I mean, Diamond's not distributing right now with everything going on. Yep. Yeah, that's wild. It, it's so wild to think of. Yeah. And I can't stress this enough. I usually say this for later in the show but support local support your local comic shops if you can do anything right now Mm -hmm. give certificates merch depending if they're selling merch at their own store whatever you can do to try supporting them definitely do it and i mean obviously with the shutdown right man it's so surreal to think yeah but i will say this when they come back strong i know that we have rumored to do the massive crossover episode with justin incredible cosplay Ron from 3FN, Brian from Cheers the Comics. We might just get everybody in and let's do a call to action to get to your comic shop. Maybe have some of our fellow independent podcasts drop a line of why it is important to support your local comic shops. How about that challenge? I'm going to throw that out to our various, various groups that we're in. So maybe uh, some details are coming down the road when the C19 stay home is lifted mm-hmm. for the shops and we got to get some people back down there. Who better to talk about it than the people that go down there each and every week and let's tell our listeners to get down there as well. Yeah. So definitely stay on board for that. And especially if I'm shouting out Cheers the Comics, Brian has a straight fire episode with Kelly Thompson that is just released too. You need to hear it. Cheers the Comics podcast is phenomenal when we're talking comics. Mm-hmm. Cannot push that enough that you need to get that in your system. Same thing with Ghost of Stratosphere. Always on point. So many good podcasts. If you need to find that out, ochadoroparlayar.com and check out the Podchaser list that are on the ODPH directory. But we're still talking one-shots here, folks. Yep. Uh, switching over to some Star Wars news. Uh, the screenwriter for the solo movie says there is currently no sequel in development at the studio or for Disney+. Plus. Uh, this was in response to a fan who tweeted, uh, John Kasdan, the screenwriter, uh, you got any updates on a solo sequel or are you completely locked in with Indiana Jones 5? 
which, yes, that is still coming. Mm-hmm. Not sure I'm going to believe Harrison Ford, as old as he is, being Indiana Jones, but we'll see. Uh, he responded, don't think anyone's pursuing a solo sequel at the moment. Uh, uh, he says, I think, a fe- I think a feature at this point would be a tough sell, and the Disney Plus Star Wars slate is really pretty packed. All shows I'm looking forward to. My work on indie is long over, but I'm excited there's still forward movement. So there you go. A little update. I know there's a, been a hashtag that flares up every now and then, you know, make Solo 2 happen. I would like to see something, you know, continuing that story. There's definitely a lot you could do with it, either from Darth Maul's perspective or from Kira's perspective, even even Han Solo's perspective. You know, I would definitely be down for something, but I understand there, you know. The, the slate at Disney Plus is a little full at the moment, and I and I understand, given how it did at the box office, it might be a tough sell to make another movie happen, you know, given its box office return. But it's still a great movie. It's it's a fun movie. Yeah. I know, I didn't really have an issue with Solo. It was what you expected to be. It was yeah. a fun movie. Didn't really expect it to do as well as it did. And, you know, honestly, I'd be okay with a sequel. Yeah. And if I can see that hashtag pop up instead of release the Snyder Cut, I'm there all day. Yeah. Because I am sick and tired of seeing that one. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, last bit of news here. If you got a kid that's a little bored at home, you're running out of stuff for them to do, and they're a fan of Harry Potter, look no further because author J.K. Rowling uh, and the folks that be in charge of all this have all come together and released a little thing uh, at harrypotterathome.com. Uh, this is a kind of a collaboration between a lot of folks, uh, such as Audible, Bloomsbury, Overdrive, Pottermore, uh, publishing and then Scholastic as well. Uh, among the many things you get with this, uh, Audible and Overdrive are giving people unlimited access to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone audiobook, free throughout April. Uh, and then Audible, so Audible's platform is uh, adding the Stephen Fry edition of the audiobook to its library in six languages, uh, while off Overdrive is allowing members to borrow the book in more than 20 different languages up to up until April 30th. So you, you got a bunch of games and activities on there that you can print off for your kids to do. So really something to look forward to or, and get into if your kids are a little bored at home. Hey, there's some great stuff to follow into. Yeah. So let me end with a couple of quick one shots too. Uh, one of our most notorious franchises is going to have a spinoff, get a sequel. Oh Lord. Hobbs and Shaw two apparently has been greenlit. All right. That doesn't surprise me. I, I I'm not surprised either. Obviously, the saga that will end in space. More Ryan Reynolds, it, please. It needs to end in space. Is uh, allegedly got re-upped for a sequel. There's already some talk about that. So I need more Ryan Reynolds. We'll hear some news on that. But one sequel that I'm super excited about, Lock and Key, was renewed by Netflix. Yeah, season two. So we're definitely, I'm definitely excited for that. I, I love season one. So it, it was what I was expecting it to be. So it wasn't super over the top, but it was. It was just a fun little series, especially to see some independent comics get on major platforms such as Netflix, such as movies, such as TV. To see them get some shine and and get renewed is always a good thing, so I will always support that. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, there was obviously some shifting going on with different movies being released. Yep. We know that Morbius has now been pushed to next year, 2021. Yep. But one movie that is staying put as of right now is Venom 2. Which is going to make things interesting for Morbius. Right. Because rumor has it, you know, I've I've read some things on the internet, that if, now correct me if I'm wrong, Morbius was supposed to come out before Venom, correct? There were supposedly some scenes in Morbius that would directly 
reference Venom or like what, you know, kind of infer to him. Mm. You know? There's talk that maybe because Venom's coming out before that now, you might have to take those out because they won't really make a lot of sense. Uh, it depends on if they want to play it and if they want to explain like in a timeline thing. Like, yeah, maybe. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly know how they're going to do that. Just the fact that Venom 2 is still on the books. Yep. Um, really happily surprised to hear. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, they were almost done with the movie. They just had like some a few. Re- this is about a month or so ago. Mm. They before everything got shut down, they just had some reshoots to do. Like it, essentially, like filming had wrapped up, but they just had some pickup shots to finish, mm. and then then just editing and everything else. Yeah, so obviously they didn't have that much to do, and if they're keeping on task and they're not moving anything, which is smart right now. Yeah, because like I say, for anything that's happening later in the year, you depending on what's going on, obviously, with C-19. I'm, I'm not mad that they're not moving it. Um, I think it's a smart thing to do, just a wait-and-see attitude right now mm-hmm. to see that far down the road what you're going to wind up doing. And it, and mark my words now, too. If New York Comic Con does go down this year uh, on, as planned and scheduled, there's no postponement or anything like that, this movie is going to be all over the place down oh, there. Oh, guaranteed. This will be... I I would be very surprised if it wasn't like a huge presence down there. I yeah no that would not surprise me. I'd be very surprised at that. But it's going to be really interesting to see what's going on. There's been a lot of rumors going on with other movies such yeah. as Black Widow. Black Widow. I know there's a lot of rumors floating around. Nothing has been officially confirmed. I know I realize you know it's April Fool's Day, so don't believe half of what you read on the internet today. Mm-hmm. But because I know there's days getting thrown out every which way. Nothing has been confirmed by Disney. Disney still still has it on their site as a to be determined. Right. And Wonder Woman eighty four has been pushed back to August. Yep. That's the only thing that we know for concrete that's going to be a recent movie that we're kind of really having on our radar to see. Yep. So just have to wait and see with everything writing out. But definitely stay tuned to you know great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now. We'll try giving you the most up-to-date information that we can come across. So that being said, the music you heard on this episode is that of Shout at the Robots. But let me throw a couple quick plugs out, too, for some other bands that you can find on ochodorparlayar.com slash music. One... Second Suitors, Tyler, is going to be doing the unofficial WrestleMania pregame concert. Oh, man. On the Facebook page for Second Suitor. Oh, man. This Saturday, I believe it's 5 o'clock starting Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Tyler has got some promotional art up on their social media accounts. You need to see to believe. It is awesome. So definitely recommend that. Yard Party's album, In Search of an Exit, is out. We did a review on the blog section of the ODPH, the Parlay Points, mm-hmm. and I definitely recommend it. I you know, didn't really deep dive too much because they are slated to come into the studio as soon as the shutdown is lifted, so I didn't want to go fully deep dive in about the band because you definitely need to hear it, and if you haven't heard the album yet, holy crap, is it good. Cannot give it a higher recommendation than what I'm saying right now. Go get that ASAP. And speaking of Shout at the Robots, they just released a video for the next big nothing, uh, which is their lyric video. Uh, It's all over the place on YouTube, so you want to find out about all of that going on right now. OchoDoroPaliR.com slash music. Go check out all the great bands that are on there. Fair City Fire, which Brian Wolf's got some solo news going on. I I heard Clint has some, too. They're obviously staying together, but they have some side projects that they're working on as well. So much going on with them. Floodlands got some stuff coming out, too. Walking Distance. Tom Jolu, we got to add on there, too, because he's going to be coming in the studio, too. So many great bands that you can definitely check out all on Ochador 
parlayhour.com slash music. And also on the ODPH webpage, you can check out the ODPH directory where you can find out everything going on with Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming who just got hooked up by Sticker Mule. There you go. Shout out to them. What does he have? you got to go to his YouTube page and go find out. You can check out Excite Wrestling. You can check out everything going on with our fellow Podchaser podcast groups. So shout out to the Legion of Indie Pods. Shout out to Pod Nation. Shout out to the Apocalypse community. And, of course, we got to give a shout out to Hashtag 607 Podcast. Got to give a big, 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 big shout out to Rich Ron and Hashtag Big Nanny Cool Diesel, who is on Twitter. Lord have mercy. Still on there, still dropping that content that's not behind the paywall. But if you really want to hear everything going on behind the paywall, you got to go check out their Patreon for the Three Fat Nerds Podcast Network, 8122 Productions. Here, Love is Scary. It is straight fire, folks. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about it. I'll probably burn the, the soundboard and the wires down trying to even explain it. If it makes it past our providers, because I've been told it's not going to. But to hear it, you need $1 to get you in the door. $3 gets you a comfort seat at the table. I can't even talk straight because I'm that amped up to talk about that, folks. It is that good of quality. And I have to give a shout-out, too, because I believe next week, if I heard correctly is the two-year anniversary of 3FN. Oh. So definitely, congratulations to Richron and Hashtag Big Natty Cool yeah. doing big things over there on the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast Network. Shout-out to Horizon 607. Mike is in quarantine right now, so or self-quarantine. So definitely you know, send in our regards to him so you can check out everything going on with them right now on the Hashtag 607 Podcast Network. You can find all the links to all the shows. Definitely go support them. Go support independent podcasts right now, but especially, especially, especially support local, local restaurants, local artists, local business, whatever you can do right now to help out everybody, do it. And we can't recommend that enough. And to close out what we got on OchoDoroPolyHour.com, you know we got a plug, live stream for The Cure, going down May 27th through the 31st on the Epic Film Guys Twitch channel. That is Twitch dot tv slash epic film guys they're going to be we're going to be a part of that going on for live stream for the cure we're going to be on sunday the 31st but definitely start tuning in wednesday the 27th and you're going to see a lot of great content creators and podcasts teaming up to provide entertainment and raise money for the cancer research institute it's a great cause ten thousand dollars is the goal this year so i have no doubt we're going to crush it this year i'm super excited to be a part of this so we're going to be teaming up with our fellow hashtag 607 podcast brethren over at 3Fat Nerds. Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming is coming through. I'm hearing a lot more people are trying to crash that show too. So I don't know what we're doing yet. We're going to be doing something that's going to be straight fire. I cannot wait to be a part of this. All that information, OchoDuroParleyHour.com. Because that's all we got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. Thank you. Thank you. I'm your host, Kenem. Thank you as always for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.